1: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most
3: cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body is a 2009 horror comedy film written by Diablo Cody and directed by Karen Kusama. The film follows Anita Needy Lesnicki, a nerdy reserved bookworm and her best friend Jennifer Check, an arrogant, conceited cheerleader. After getting into a van with a creepy band, Jennifer comes back with an appetite for human flesh. As their male classmates are steadily killed in gruesome attacks, Needy must uncover the truth behind her friend's transformation and find a way to stop the bloodthirsty rampage. It's a very special episode today because we are once again joined by our good friend Cassandra Page. Welcome, Cass.
4: Hello. Hey. hey. I am very excited for this film.
3: <laughs> good. So obviously, we we've watched this one because you have uh, kindly recommended it,
4: as I would to any living person. Do you?
3: Do you? When did you first watch this movie?
4: Um, I think I watched the film. Oh, my goodness. Actually, I'm not really sure when I watched it. It was years ago mm-hmm. because I have it on DVD. Oh, wow. so give you a time frame.
5: <laughs> That's a deep cut. That is a deep, deep cut.
4: Yes. Um, have it on DVD. So it was a while ago mm-hmm. because we did end up having uh, a Blu-ray player uh, because my brother got a PS3. Yeah.
0: yeah.
4: So this, this is – it was many, many moons ago. I don't mm-hmm. think I saw it when it came out. I think it was like – maybe a little later. Yeah. Um, but this, I think this film's a great one because I remembered it recently. Cause I was talking to Mia from cynical cartoons, which is also on our network. Um, and she was talking about one of the, like it, it, this, this movie has a, a classic soundtrack in that it was so carefully considered and designed for its audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was it's so teen which i just froth but we were talking about it and then it it um i just i hadn't really realized that because i when i sort of liked it mm. it wasn't really popular it just didn't really have much about it but i'm like oh this film's weird as hell i love it yeah. but it it had this uh almost renaissance i i guess mm-hmm. a decade after it was made um and there have been i've read articles about it where people are like oh when this film first came out it just did terribly it tanked mm. It was really, really not well received at all for a number of reasons, which I'm sure we'll all get into. Mm But a decade on, people are revisiting it and saying, hang on, I think this was ahead of its time. I think the themes it looks at, they're realising that the marketing was incorrect. They're realising that the audience, the demographic mm. that the film was aiming for was never actually addressed yeah. in any of it. So now people are finding it, being like, oh, this is a film for me yeah. and enjoying it. And I think I definitely fall into the category of I'm like, uh <laughs> yeah, like the, the I remember listening watching the movie and just being like oh, the song i liked, oh, song I liked.
5: <laughs> can can we talk very quickly about the music and how how perfect the fake emo band's song is oh it's incredible oh, they like on that it, is don't they? the most distillation of an emo band in the late 2000s yeah. it's perfect yeah.
3: mm.
4: i think that absolutely Hit their nail on the head with making it because if you when you when they're first playing the song in the bar, mm. it's got all the makings of like that pop punk sound literally that the the film has all throughout the movie. They have all these bands that are this band is emulating and recreating. Mm. But the the chorus sucks. It's so <laughs> annoying and it's draining, which means every time you hear it you feel a bit sick. And especially it just it just drones. Yeah, and you're just like, and you, you feel maybe. <laughs> it comes up.
5: Oh, I tell you what, I tell you what. We like, I I I just want everybody to know that Adam Brody in this movie is perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. He should only play. He's too, in my opinion, um, based on just whatever. Uh, Adam Brody has three perfect performances in movies. And in all of them, he kind of plays a dick. Um, None of them are the OC. I'm sorry. But his whole thing is like a nerdy heartthrob is bullshit. (laughs) If you want to peak Adam Brody, it's this movie. It's his role in Ready or Not, where he's a kind of shitty brother. um, And also his role as a weird assistant in Thank You for Smoking. He just, he plays yes. douchebag so perfectly. Yeah, like,
3: yeah.
4: Can, can I pose something to you? Please. Yes. Just as a tangent, uh, my housemate has been watching The O.C. Um, as it's been going, and then I found out one of my best friends has also been watching The O.C., and I'm constantly, uh, I live in the same house as my housemate, so I see a lot of The O.C. I, I, like, Adam Brody's character in The O.C. sucks.
3: <laughs> I hate
4: him. He sucks. And, like, I... But I, I think it's I think it's marketing again. Everyone's like, oh, mm. he's the cool nerd. He's like, they're like, well, we're going to intentionally make him a bit neurotic. But he sucks. <laughs> he's a
5: piece, he's a piece, of, a piece of, shit. of shit. Oh, my God. He's a creepy yeah. piece of yeah, shit no, who he's... names his boat after a girl he has a boner for. But then when he gets her, it doesn't motto.
4: Oh, my God. I wish a boy would do that for me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> 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 the key to Cass's heart, name a boat after her. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even have to be a good boat. Oh,
4: I just, just another really quick side note on the OC. We are not through the OC yet, and so far there have been three different characters and four different events where someone has just gotten on a boat to escape their problem. Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> they love it.
4: It's it's like a through line. Three different characters. One did it twice, right. but they were like, they're like, you know what? I'm gonna start sailing. I, I, um, Adam Brody's, Brody's character did that. Yeah, great. <laughs> he got scared of something in his life and he jumped on a boat right
3: it's because it's so relatable we can all relate to that the times we've just jumped on a boat and sailed our problems away
4: we've all been there
3: has that show aged terribly Cass
4: no I would say I literally I would say that I'm okay there are cultural things in there which you're like well we wouldn't do that now or then but not many (laughs) And I think it's the same thing where we have uh, a revisionist lens on it. Mm. The things that stand out to me now, like rewatching The O.C. Well, it's, it's actually the first time I've watched it. The, the main character, Marissa... Okay, first, first of all... Goodness graces! Looking up the ages of the actors, because in any teen thing, they're all in their twenties or whatever. Marissa, Misha yeah. Barton was actually seventeen. Oh, everyone else was in their twenties, oh, wow. but she was Yikes. actually seventeen when they like when the first oh, like pilot was released. So her performance is like she she does an amazing job, especially since she's a literal child. Yeah. Um, but the her character you is genuinely kind and just tries to be kind to everyone. Hmm. And it's just, it's nice. The the friendship between her and Summer is really beautiful to watch. Mm. And like the, the the way they handle friendships in that show is really nice. And it's so tragically rare. And I think that's another one of the reasons why I really like Jennifer's body. Not that that's a good or healthy relationship. Mm, mm. Um, but just exploring a female friendship in a realistic way, I think is just really nice. And it, it was also what I liked about Train to Bussar when um, they had overt kindness. Because mm. I, I think that it's often just excluded um, as a narrative thing because it's seen as, uh, like, not interesting, but it is. I think it's one of the most interesting things that you can have within a story is someone trying to relate to another person in a genuine way because there are so many ways it can go wrong. Yeah.
5: That's, yeah.
4: These are my thoughts on the OC and women. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, with Jennifer's body, I honestly thought their their relation, needy and Jennifer's relationship was easily one of the most interesting parts about it yes. because... Like watching it, that the intensity of it and the sort like obviously the love hate thing and and it was obviously a it was obviously like toxic. Like it was uneven and it was no one was really looking out for each other. But you could also get it. And like I read an interview with Diablo Cody about this and she talked about it. And she was saying, like, at that time, like she goes, I've got friends I'm close with now, but there is at no point do I need them to spend the night. And for us, we just have to stay in the same bed and talk all night. We're back when she was in high school, like, yeah, she just had to, because that's how deep and intimate those relationships are, that they're this, yeah. this other level of friendship that doesn't really exist in later life. But at that time, they're they're basically like a romantic relationship. Um, and then obviously doubly so, because Needy mm. did have some feelings towards her. So I found that. Incredibly interesting, and even like obviously, that I really liked how they took the two, the, the 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 nerd and the cheerleader, and just said, "Nope, they're best friends." Like, oh, it doesn't make sense, and like sort of a tip of the hat to it. Yeah. And at the start, I really felt like they both personified those stereotypes, and then as the movie went on that became less important to me because it was just about their relationship
5: but even but even the the great thing i think it captures about teenage relationships and particular high school friendships is that when you actually look back on it they make no fucking sense <laughs> like you are bonded when you're an adult, you make friends based on things that you mutually have in common. So like, you know, we're friends because we like the same movies. We, you know, like the same stuff. We have similar tastes in humor and stuff like that. But in high school, you can become friends with anyone because your mutual thing is that you're both at school. <laughs> yeah. So you can end up friends with people that when you, the minute you leave high school, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to that right. person again. There's people that I do still talk to from high school, mm. but there's people you're like, no, nah, we're just completely different. Totally. Like that, that. The only thing we had in common was school. And I think that's, the for me anyway, that was the believable part of, of this movie. It was like, well, they were friends since they were kids yeah. before high school puts a label on you and is like, you, ha- you are now old enough where you have to be one thing or another thing. Whereas, because th- their friendship sort of started when it didn't matter. So yeah, sure, they were still friends, even though it made sense to nobody. Mm. Made sense, like it made sense in its own lack of sense. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs>
4: I think as well a thing I really liked is that because they had sort of all those years uh, behind them, the relationship was able to be backed up that much. But it was clear that there was like there was so much love. Mm. Weirdly, like even though it became like bad and codependent, and there were so many elements to it that weren't great. Oh, only a couple of elements that weren't great, but the the overall thing is that they it was solid. Mm. You know, I, I, mm. I was reading um uh, just because the, the whole resurgence thing about this film is so, and the reinterpretations and everything and the revised reviews of everything around it are so fascinating mm. just to see how cultural sort of everything changes. One of them was specifically looking at the film and saying that it doesn't matter what happens in the film, even with like looking at popular things with teenage things, like, you know, getting attacked by boys and this and that, It didn't matter. Their relationship was always the centre. They were always the most important thing to each other.
0: Mm -hmm. It didn't
4: matter how bad Jennifer got, even though Needy wanted to stop her. It was always their relationship at the core. They they always had each other in the front of their minds.
5: Mm. That's very interesting. Especially true when it's Needy trying to kill her. The only thing she wants... She's like, I'm going to have to kill my best friend. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And Carney, I'm keen to hear your thoughts because I know from your letterbox (laughs) review that this movie did nothing for you. So I want to know what your thoughts were. I feel like I watched a different film
2: to you guys.
4: <laughs> hey, I I want it before before you get into ripping it to shit. I just want to say <laughs> I get it. Uh,
5: I'm I'm not gonna I'm not and gonna look. It. Sean, before you tee off, before you tee off, I want to say, and I said this before, and I said I was going to say it in the podcast, so it could be on the record. I really hope we get a Megan Fox mm. revival based on the sort of resurgence of this film, mm. because if Shia LaBeouf can get one and McConaughey can get one, Megan so, Fox yeah. deserves one. You know. She got shot on by studios for so long oh and she's actually God. good.
4: She was brilliant in this film.
2: I, I That I agree with. She's fantastic. And I think she's um, partly because of the, the whole situation with Michael Bay and Spielberg got involved with it and she just sort of got like, I don't know, turned inside out by the media and everybody just has this yeah. perception of her. But you actually you watch her in this film and while I don't really like this film, she's... Actually, brilliant yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Like she outshines Amanda Seyfried completely. I think she's like it's easily her best completely. role, and it's it's a shame that they mismarketed it so much that no one really saw it. It kind of bombed, and then mm. it took probably five, ten years before people went, "Hang on, this is like," and it's now like a cult classic. Mm. But me personally, I, I didn't like it, um, and i I didn't have the same view as you guys about the strength of that friendship. I I came into this sort of wanting a story about great friends, and then something happens to Jennifer. She turns, um, is possessed, or whatever, and mm. then it's about her friend having to save her. Right, and it it didn't feel like that at all. It mm. just felt like she's a piece of shit from the outset. I don't understand the friendship, like I do on some level, mm. but on another, I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, you haven't. Gi- I didn't invest in Needy. I didn't really like her character. I certainly didn't invest in Jennifer because she's just horrible. Mm. She's like really just rude to everybody. She's making 9-11 jokes. (laughs) She just seems like a terrible person and a terrible friend. And so I was like, I wasn't up for the fight that the character should be to try and save her. Mm. And also part of it was... Mm. And I'll take full responsibility for this. Tom, you and I have recently read this fantastic book by Grady Hendrix called My Best Friend's Exorcism. Oh, yes. Yes, It's brilliant. Like, I highly recommend it. And that is about two inseparable childhood best friends who are about 16 years old, and one of them gets essentially possessed by the devil. And then it's all about Mm. her other friend, our protagonist, Going through hell essentially, and it's all about will their friendship is their friendship strong enough to beat the devil, right. basically? Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted from this story. Mm. So, that is my fault for bringing what I want into <laughs> it, and it just wasn't that at all. Yes, and it and honestly, it shocked me because I, I thought it was going to be about needy trying to save her friend because they have a beautiful friendship, mm. when instead it was a toxic friendship and she's just going to end up killing her. And it, it didn't, yeah, not for me.
4: See, I completely understand where you're coming from, but for me, I would not have enjoyed the film anywhere near as much if that was the plot, if they were like, I reckon through the power of like <laughs> friendship we can figure out a way to save her or whatever. I I don't think I would have liked it. I I liked how I liked how strange it was. I liked how it looked at that imbalanced relationship where you sort of you love someone and you're a bit infatuated with them and you don't like it's mm. nothing's clear. Like yep. nothing was clear to any of those characters, like I'd, I, I love that you could see at all times that Needy had no idea how yeah. she felt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's such that's such that's such a it's quintessential like being sixteen or mm. seventeen or yeah. whatever, and just having these people in your life. You're like, yeah, we're friends, and just having yeah. no clue, not an actual clue, of what's yeah. going yeah. on.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And I think it's I think it was really interesting to have her going through all of that and having that coming to terms of a toxic relationship, having her boyfriend say, like, you just do whatever she says. And her being like, no, 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 it's, we, we have we have things in common, we do all this. And, like, her trying to rationalise her feelings that she mm. has for another person, not understanding that she's being taken advantage of, and then <laughs> then yeah. having to kill her and having all these other things. And because she's come from a position of constantly, constantly, constantly defending her at every single turn, and then all of a sudden she has to overcome an mm. even bigger hurdle because she won't even do yeah. that at a base yeah. level to be like, she's mean. She's like, oh, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. I, li- I think I liked that. Yeah. yeah, that's
3: I think that's what I liked about it too where with because the seeds of their toxic relationship already existed before the possession and Needy was was so under her thumb that she couldn't grapple with that, she couldn't get over that, then, yeah, having to kill her it just raises the stakes so much higher. So for our protagonist, mm. she's got to go so much further to achieve... The goal, which she like obviously well and truly does. Um and I want to get into the marketing, but I thought I would ask first if we were scared or not, because I think it's gonna tie in. So were we scared watching this movie? Yes. No. No. Oh no.
5: There is there is there is one scene that I've got and re-watching it, I was like, Oh yeah, fuck, this scene makes me stressed. It's the scene when Needy comes back from the the burning, the bar burning down yep. after Jennifer's yep. gone, and Jennifer shows up at her house. Yes. That scene is Fucked. Yeah, I hated it. It's 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 her walking through the house, and you know, so, and, you know, the first time I saw it, I knew something fuck mm. was going to happen because it's, it's a horror. And the second time, I was like, oh, this is the scene where Jennifer's really weird and vomits black shit everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, that's literally, you know, I agree. The, the I, that that is a genuinely spooky scene.
3: Yes, and I I had the exact same experience where I thought, oh, that scene got me. And I was actually wanting to ask you, Cass, because for me, that scene uses, it, it just relies completely on classic horror setups mm. and reveals, you know, like the little thing in the background, yeah. the tensions building, there's empty space that we know is going to get filled by something. She closes the door. Oh, no one's actually there. Those sorts of tricks. So for you, who's, a, who's more of a horror fan, I think, than, than any of us, do those tricks still work on you? Or is it the sort of thing where you're like, well, no, I've seen them enough that it doesn't have the same effect anymore?
4: I think for me, it's gotten to the stage of, uh, as as I've said previously, with any sort of genre, you have to do something different, but also nail the format. And I think that really falls into nailing the format. Like yeah. if they, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't evoke the sleep paralysis fear that apparently I crave so dearly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 I think it builds tension in a good way. And I think it's, it's like, it's, it's like watching a rom com, yeah. and you sort of know where it's going. That. Like, she comes downstairs and everything's dark. So you, you know all the beats the scene is going to mm. hit. And it's just a matter of writing it. Yeah. Writing it, seeing everything that happens, and just enjoying it for what it yeah. is. And even though I didn't find anything in the scene, I think I, something I really like about that scene is just it's so weird. It comes at a point in the film where you have no idea what's happened to it. Mm. And, yeah, it's a horror movie. We know, We know something's going to come sure. up. But she disappears. She gets into a van and she shows up at the house covered in blood and you you don't you you have nothing yeah. you have nothing to that, go on yep. so you are you are the chorus in needy's life mm. you know you you experience all of those beats with her and i really like the flashback to that scene um something i really like about this film as well which i guess is a bit of a tangent but the way that um i think my i, I know what you mean like Jennifer's sort of the the better character and she has this really great performance, Mm. but they give Needy all of these beats that emphasize emotional damage that would actually be done in a horror, because often it's just people crying or screaming or whatever, Mm -hmm. but when they have that flashback to her having to scrub her kitchen floor, Mm. and you suddenly realize that the aftermath of that is hours of work, she has hours of time to think, she still has no idea what has happened, and then she rocks up, and she has all of this emotional, not baggage, Mm. but she still has like this she has not been able to stop thinking for 12 hours straight. Yeah. And Jennifer's like, oh, hey. And she's like, y- how are you okay? And she is the only one who seems to react properly to, not react properly, but mm. you watch her journey because f- of the fire. And for, en- for anyone, though, like, she is the one who seems to bear the burden of tragedy and she is the one who is constantly addressing what has happened. And it- it- you just don't really get that in horror mm. usually. Mm. It's usually people going from one thing to another cause, and to be fair, in a lot of horror people don't really have time to think yeah. or if they're coming from a place of you know, ghosts or supernatural things often the grieving is before the horror yeah. stuff yeah. happens like yeah. you get all that beforehand but she is thrown into the middle of it mm. and works through it in real time oh, and as well, when she starts figuring it out and her boyfriend is like <laughs> hey, I think you should get help because of course that's what you would mm. do <laughs> Yeah,
5: Absolutely He's actually being supportive. but
4: He's being so supportive and he's like, this is something I think you need. You need help. You need this. And he's he's not being mean to her. He is genuinely trying to help. And, of course, you would do that. Mm. And I think it's more isolating because you are watching her suffer with all these emotions and then still not get believed. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Burrow's Furniture is built for the way you live. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
5: <laughs> I tell you what, the other look, the other thing we haven't touched on mm. is that this movie, for me, gave me possibly the greatest worst sentence I've ever heard in my life. Yes. And that is when Jennifer, I think it's when. Oh, I want to say it's when she's going after the emo kid, but it might be when she's going after um Chet Chip. Mm? When she says, "You give me such a weddy," <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a line in cinema history! What a line in cinema history! She does it well.
4: The, the script in this movie, the script in this movie, is jarring. Yeah, but it's it's self contained. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You get you get thrown into the deep end and you start kicking and then by the end of the film you're like okay yeah yeah this is for cutting boxes Is there? <laughs>
2: there's a bit isn't there? Isn't there a line where there's a sound and Amanda Seyfried's shocked and she says oh cheese and fries yeah or something like that? Yeah,
3: she does. <laughs> I I think talks like that. i had the experience where watching it because so like you said earlier cast like so much of it is like it's so teen and it's so especially teen of that era. Yeah, um, yeah okay. where I was where I was a teen. And I'm like, part of me was watching going, maybe we did talk like that back then. I kind of can't remember. <laughs> like, the rest of it is so on point oh. that maybe that is the dialogue we spoke
5: with. Hearing someone get called a dill hole at some point in the movie, I was like, fuck, I use that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> C- can I tell you the bit that I laughed the hardest at? Please.
4: Yes. <laughs>
2: it's such a dumb bit that it's like, it's can, can, it's when, yeah, you can guess,
5: Tom? Can, can I, I reckon I can guess. Yeah. Is it, Okay, it involves J.K. Simmons. No, no,
2: but which bit's that?
5: Oh, I thought it was the bit where he hears the guy screaming in the woods and is like, yep, get it out, kids. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's quite a few bits in this movie that I like a lot more than I thought. <laughs> um, no, there's, it's, it's when they're having sex, when um, Needy's having sex with her boyfriend, And she's having the flashes and everything, and he just does that beat, and the look on his face when he goes, am I too big? (laughs) So
3: funny, man. Oh, boy. Uh. Well, Carney, I think your experience is really interesting, because you went in with different expectations than I think the people of 2009 did, but you went in with the expectations, and then because of that, Mm. didn't get the movie you wanted. And... As you were saying earlier, Cass, the marketing was cooked on oh, this thing yeah. back in 2009, and so people didn't get the movie they were kind of promised. They were promised a sexy romp starring Megan Fox in all her sexiness, and instead we got this this sort of twisted, very unique movie about female friendship at a teenage uh, level. So I think to me, I'm, like, I'm curious, the audience of young males who went in hoping mm. just for sexiness that really they're the ones that should almost be scared because really when you break it down the the people they would maybe want to be in this movie as in the the people Jennifer's seducing. No. You don't want to be that person. That's the person who gets <laughs> murdered and eaten. So like to me I'm like that's really where the fear should almost be coming from of this like uh this this woman who's hell bent on rightful revenge. But also there was there was the thing for me watching it. I'm like None of the guys she killed were that, at least we didn't see them be that evil. Mm. Where if she'd gone one by one and slaughtered the band, she'd be like, bring it on. That's awesome. They clearly deserve it. They are literally evil. But the obviously, like the foreign exchange mm. student just was a nice, sweet foreign exchange student. The jock was genuinely distraught over the death of his friend. Um, and then the emo kid was just an emo kid who, yeah. who had a crush on her, and you know, so I think I think it could have. I don't know if it would have been scarier or less scary. It probably would have actually been less scary if she'd gone after the bandmates. But I do think it's interesting how yeah. they were all kind of innocents. Well,
4: I think it raises the stakes because I have seen this film um, labeled as a revenge film specifically. Um, that's the thing. Like they they say that she's possessed by a demon. So if she was getting revenge, that's doesn't really match up there's no reason for needy to stop her there's no reason for you know anyone to stop her there's nothing Mm. you know for the audience there's nothing wrong happening because you're seeing someone who tried who was trying to kill someone you know get their comeuppance i think that's almost better because you are watching you are watching the people who (laughs) should be suffering slowly rise up throughout the film and you constantly get that Recurring sounds throughout the whole thing, and it makes you angry, and it's that thing where you get to join in on the rage and it's it's just something that it, I think that's the thing like the film has so many things that just go yeah, yeah, that are horrible, like there's the fire, there's the sacrifice, and then there's a demon possession where people who are innocent are dying. it's just horrid thing after horrid thing it's not it's not a clean cut revenge thing i have as i said i've I've wrote interpretations Mm. about it specifically being revenge but it is really different it would have been a completely different film if they had gone after the band
5: but even but even the revenge thing like doesn't work because the idea like jennifer is the villain Mm. and she's the villain from the start too like she's not a great person and so for it to be like oh she's gonna go after the band again you get a completely different Mm. story but also you don't get that really great point where halfway through she pivots to only killing people that needy likes yeah, that's a very good point. It's just that, that, that great moment where mm. Colin asks her out and Needy's like, I think he's cool. And the looker and Jennifer's like, oh, you do? Mm. Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh. This should have been marketed as a black
2: comedy horror about toxic friendship. Like that's just basically what it is. If if that if someone had said that mm, to me mm. going in, my experience of watching it would have been completely different. I think
3: there was there was one scene that did make me feel slightly differently about Jennifer mm. and and kind of understand more the backstory. I think of her character, which is when she was putting on the makeup and then she just smears it across her mm. face, and she's kind of like looking at herself in the mirror with this like I don't know. To me, it was like a question of like who are you and and those sorts of thoughts. And I don't know. For a minute there, I kind of got, oh, okay. She's like, yeah. she's she's she has been pushed into a stereotype, which is like so true for also Megan Fox, the person, as well as this character. And so I do think that for, because of that, there is an element of revenge, but it's not necessarily for the for the individuals or any one person. It's almost just like everyone because it's all a bit shit, and we we make you know people feel mm-hmm. like shit and and force them into these boxes and say yes you are the nerd and yes you are the you know overly sexed cheerleader or whatever so I don't know I I, I thought that scene was really well done and and kind of gave me a little bit more to, to think about All right well next uh, did they act wisely or foolishly?
4: Needy did everything within her power that she could have done are you saying and- are you
3: saying within the power of her character as in like her flaws? She kind of was pushed to the boundaries of what she personally could do or just what any person could do?
4: Um, I, I guess both. Like, um, I don't think she mm. did anything that was... Pit- uh, no, yeah, no, you're so right. Within her character, <laughs> within her character of what she was able to do because she's, cause she, cause she's specifically fighting against, um, you know, as I said, she defends her on the most base level things. She, won't, she will let her get away with anything and yeah. there's this massive push as to where the boundaries have to sort of stop. But something I really like about the film is, and I I do like it when this happens properly, when they've got characters who are young or they're kids or whatever, and they're just kids. They make dumb children decisions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Of course. (laughs) the guy rocks up at that house is like you don't live here. Don't go eat. <laughs> But
5: he's horny.
4: <laughs> but you're like He's oh, a teenage yeah, boy with a boner.
5: He cannot think about anything else.
4: Yeah, I don't think I don't think there was a decision made in the film that wasn't you know, great for the characters. Yes.
3: Yeah, I I think I agree with that and that like the decisions they made for who they were and the age they're at definitely uh, should be taken into account, and I think yeah, for that that part of it, I think mostly needy acted wisely. There was a few like obviously she could have, she could have come down on Jennifer harder or or tried to like be like, well people are dying. It seems pretty pretty clear that you're the one doing it, but because of her own already uh, set up flaws, that to me she couldn't push past that. So I think. For her, when she could, she finally, you know, acted wisely. But I don't think she acted outrightly foolishly at any point either. <laughs>
4: no. And, you know, stepping up to confrontations is a really, really, really big thing that you have to learn uh, trial by fire. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. It all checks. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. All right. Then how would we do in this scenario? So let's say the four of us are at this high school buds and I don't think any of us should be Jennifer I think we need to collectively escape her yeah, yeah. so one of our classmates becomes a succubus and is uh, hunting people so I'm dead oh just, yeah you just, are. just letting you Definitely. all know I'm dead
5: <laughs> um, I would be like you wanna you wanna go on a date with me? Uh, okay, let's go on it. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I know what teenage me was like. Okay, he's I- horny <laughs> and he died. She'd be halfway through eating you, and you're like, "Is this what sex is like?" <laughs> I've never watched these <laughs> porns before. That's
4: more teeth than I uh, I thought, but <laughs> I, I
2: guess
3: it's kind of hot.
2: Um, so you know the scene where Jennifer um first appears back after she's been taken off in the van, and mm. she vomits up all the black stuff, and she's eating chicken off the floor, mm. and she makes that extremely. Animal mm-hmm. devil sort of sound yeah. to me. Like I, I understand why Needy wouldn't have done anything, but my first instinct is like, well, I got to call an ambulance because nobody, nobody should. This is the same thing as the Evil Dead. Remember when that character vomited up so much? Mm-hmm. You're like, well, that's not normal. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Also, you're eating chicken off the floor. That already is weird. <laughs> the vomit's bad. That sound you made, that's horrible. I'm going to call an ambulance. Mm. Needy wouldn't have done it probably because she would have thought. I don't want my friend to get in trouble. Yeah. For all I know, she went in the van. She did, like, maybe some drugs with those guys. I don't want mm. her to get in trouble. i got to clean this up before my mum gets home so nobody knows about it. But yeah. my guard is probably more up, and I'd be like, well, straight away, that's fucked.
4: Let's get some yeah. medical attention to this literal child, please. <laughs> yeah,
5: sure. <laughs> <laughs> c- c- counterpoint to all of this, yeah. uh, Needy tries. She literally picks up her mobile and tries to ring, and Jennifer pins her to the wall and does that whole, oh, yeah. are you scared? Damn. Mm. Well, And then at the last second, doesn't eat her because of the BFF necklace. But there's right, four of us.
2: Yeah. So the pinning to the wall, I don't know, man. Mm. <laughs> nah, we're all dead. I think we're all dead. I'd die. Yeah. Uh. Well, I, look, I think, I think Damo, Sean and I are dead. I'd probably, so I'd probably faint when I saw the black vomit. I'd see the black vomit and then I'd throw up and then you'd see me throw up and you'd throw up and then we'd all just be throwing up and it'd be fucked. And Cass would probably be fine. Cass would be like, nah, this is, this is good. <laughs>
4: no, I'm the one scrubbing the floor at the end going through the turmoil like oh Aww. no <laughs>
5: scrubbing the the vomit off the floor and crying.
4: <laughs> the soul helps break down the enzymes. <laughs> I, I,
5: I I do think I will say, and again it's the strength of our of our of the show is mm. that I think we would fare better than needy because we would immediately jump to possession. Mm-hmm. Because we are willing, we're scared, so we are absolutely gonna lean into any yes. possibility, we'll be like Demon. Oh, fuck. All right. So we'd be on to holy water. We'd be on to exorcisms. We'd be all over it. Tom, you and I just read that book. We're fuck. ready. We'd just call an exorcist straight yeah. away. Bang. <laughs> call them up. So is that what yep. you do? So
3: let's say she's come in, yep. she's vomited, she's gotten away. We're all at school together the next day. We're coming up with a plan. Is step one, call an exorcist?
5: No, we do the exorcism ourselves. I was going
3: to say, because I don't know how you find an exorcist. Yeah,
4: we're to a to team of teams. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Yes. We don't go to school.
2: David, we don't go to school the next day. We don't do the whole. Ah, oh, we'll leave in the morning. We do it straight away. Okay. Oh, okay. We tie her up and just Google exorcisms, and we just we just go for it. All right. Maybe we knock. Maybe she's passed out, and while she's passed out, we watched the film The Exorcist mm-hmm. just to get
3: some tips, and then we're ready yeah. to go, and we just do it. That movie's we can long. We
4: strain her by ourselves some time.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if we could get her on that first night because she's already like the way she does pin. Needy to the wall. She's already got some strength behind her.
4: Yeah, because she already ate that guy.
3: Yeah, so I feel like she has to get away, and then we need to go. We need to like make a trap for her. I think
4: we do have time to trap her. Of course, mm. the dead bodies will start piling, but we do <laughs> we are able to trap her. I will say though, if I'm I'm with Tom. If she, if if she tries, I'm done <laughs> 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 immediately.
2: Hang on, hang on, hang on. What are we What are we trying to do here? Are we trying to save her? From the devil, or are we just do we hate her? We're sick of her, and we're just uh, we're jumping well, to the nah, end. now. Cass the and one. I are dead
5: because we're <laughs> horny. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: if, if if Tom and Damn. I don't know what's happening, if she gets to us first, you have a two man team.
5: <laughs> okay, oh, <laughs> well then that
3: becomes shit. T- the way I see it, Carney. All right, if she's killed Cass and Tom, then we want to kill her. If she hasn't yet yep. killed Cass and Tom, and we're a ragtag bag of teens, I think we have a twin mm-hmm. goal of one. Uh, unpossessing her, and yep. two stopping each other from being horny. <laughs> That's a
4: fun plot. Can we make that? For-
5: <laughs> yes.
4: Just having your little support network <laughs> to be like, we need to figure out how to do a proper exorcism. We're going to have to source all these. Si- no.
5: <laughs> are you texting her a photo of yourself? No. No. Did you tell her where you are? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I did. It's like that Seinfeld episode, The Contest, <laughs> yes, except it's Jennifer's body.
3: <laughs> so Tom's Kramer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tom's Kramer, straight away. <laughs> the first sign of skin and Tom's like, well, I'm out.
4: <laughs> Bows out gracefully into his grave. Nah,
5: not, even, not even skin. She just shows me some attention, like strokes my face. Because that's the thing, right? If Jennifer wanted to be a more effective killer, this is the thing. Everyone's like, no, nah, you want to seduce them. No, 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 no. Mm. Men just want to be cuddled And have their faces touched That's it, that's all you want Just kiss me on the forehead a little bit And cut my face, then eat me Go on, I'll die happy (laughs) Alright well Tom You're dead for a very
3: sad (laughs) reason I also, actually Tom I gotta be honest, this feels like The first time you've betrayed yourself I of a little satisfied with that Because he was horny. (laughs) He was horny, yeah. Yeah. So okay, Cass and, and Sean. Yeah. Are you able to keep your horniness levels down long enough to to exercise the demon from her, do we reckon? Are we up to this task? Depends how quickly we can do it. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Speed is the key.
4: I reckon for me, I'm going to have to reframe it where I'm like, if I save her, maybe she'll fall in love with me.
3: Oh, oh. Cass, that's very good. Yeah, yeah this you're is playing good. the long game. Then
4: I've got her for life. Yeah,
3: short-term gratification. That's for Tom. I'm playing the long game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Okay. Okay. Now I'm starting to be a bit more confident that we're going to yeah, pull this up. I reckon up. we can do it. Well, like Needy went to the library that had that did have like an occult section. Small, she said, but it was an occult section. Which
4: they made a joke about. <laughs> yeah. So I think... He's like, our library has an occult section. Just like, it's so <laughs>
3: small. small, but yeah. So, Tom, I think you're you bowing out early because she touched your face. Then the three of us are hitting up that occult ses- section. Cass is consistently convincing herself, you're in a full-on game, don't fall for those tricks. Yeah. And then it's just about speed. So how we need to quickly get her cornered and exercised ASAP.
5: Uh, how, do we, how do we do that? <laughs> babe, Sean, she sent her a, a text. I'll meet you at my spooky abandoned house. She's hungry because she hasn't fed. She'll be desperate.
4: Yeah, babe.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, but then... But then- if I've got access to the phone, that's bad for me because then text
5: could be flying back mm. and forth. And Well, then it's Cass. I Cass is the strongest because she's playing the long game. Yep. So, Cass is like, hey, we should hang out.
4: Okay, I'm going to text her as you, right? It'll be from my phone and she doesn't know I exist yet, but she will. <laughs> I text her from your phone. Um... I, I have to keep the plan in action, but it's not like I'll get too involved because if I do too good a job, then she'll fall in love with you. <laughs> and I can't and then, have
2: that. And then you'll kill
1: me.
4: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Sean and Damo, if I need to eliminate competition by slipping up. <laughs> what? Who gave you your phones back? <laughs>
1: Weird. I
3: think we just found how this ends. <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty sure Cass kills the two of us and her and Jennifer live happily ever after.
4: Yeah, I instead of... Instead of um, freeing the demon from her, I get my own.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is bad news for the scaredy boys, but um, I'm very happy for you, Cass. Thank you. (laughs) And at least Tom got a nice face rub before he went. I did.
5: Hey, I'm living the dream over here with a,
3: <laughs> Small a soft face. Dying,
4: happy, touched.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that is all the scary Talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And I've been Cass. And if you scary listeners uh, have any comments, would like to say hi, all the rest of the stuff, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Scaredy Boys. Or individually, I'm at Day Pajamas. I'm at Psychic of Delhi.
5: I'm at Awkward Trade.
4: And I'm at Cass Cass Page.
3: Thanks so much for joining us, Cass. It was a it was a lovely time. I had a scream. <laughs> Stay scared, everyone. <laughs>